This is the Two Marketeers podcast, where hosts and marketing experts Sean Patrick and Lindsay Waugh seek to uncover what makes brands so powerful in how they impact modern society and culture. Good morning. Well, <laughs> good morning. Welcome to the Two Marketeers podcast. This is my brilliant co-host, Lindsay B. Waugh. And my equally as brilliant co-host, Sean Patrick. She had trouble just saying that. It doesn't come out naturally. I'm just feeling my silly today. Equally my brilliant. Equal. I mean, I'm just feeling silly today. This is going to be fun because I'm feeling silly. Today is some is the first time I think something like this happened, and Lindsay and I are like warmed up because we actually had to have a call with a client for an hour prior, like the hour leading up to this. So we're just like we are fired up. Yes, we're off to the races or in the zone. We are off or in. I don't even know, but this is going to be an epic recording. We are on, is what we are. Fasten your seatbelts. Let's get right into it then. What's happening? What's happening? Well, the call, the call we were just on was all around banking. Excellent, which we love our ba- we love our banking clients, don't we, Sean? Yes, but we don't love our banks, but we'll we'll not talk about that. <laughs> As it turns out, we love banking and our clients and personally not our banks. Anyway, unexpected shift as financial institutions find themselves in interesting spaces. Uh, I saw a headline this morning that says Apple's new savings account draws nearly 1 billion deposits in the first four days. And they say it's because people don't like their banks. (laughs) So I'm in, but I already do. I already pretty much feel like I have a bank account with Apple. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So So that's easy. You know, people are going to be flocking to other types of financial experiences as some of the big boys are in continued uh, hot water. Yeah, I think what I think it's a great play because you think of everyone's so distracted about talking about the downfall of banks and why did these banks fail? And 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 it's kind of like, well, it's more the question of like, why why haven't all banks failed? Yeah, I mean, why are they surviving? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, that's it. So what's happening with you? Uh, swear trigger alert. Have you ever heard of fuckoatly.com? No. And I love swearing. Yeah, it's fuckoatly.com, F-C-K, Oatly, O-A-T-L-Y.com. Don't make me spell things. It's hard. Um, check it out. Uh, Oatly is a very controversial brand in how it, uh, tackles things. And I didn't realize that. And I can't even remember where I first saw like the oat milk brand Oatly. The oat milk brand. Yes. The oat milk brand is a very controversial brand. <laughs> Have it's I tr- been living under a rock? <laughs> well, okay. So that actually justifies the story. They have created this, uh, hater blog that they've put up and what it's, it's really taken off. You should check it out. But what, 
what's really interesting is controversial in that now they're saying it was a PR play. It was, hey, it was definitely a stunt. It was definitely a little idea, but it was a little idea with big thinking. And now people are challenging that. But I'm, I'm always like, let's look for the positive. They created this little thing and didn't promote it. And for various reasons. And when they say they, the, yeah, their own hate blog, it's called fuck. What are they hating? What are they hating on? What cows? Any, any what rumors the cows do? Exactly. Any rumors that are happening as it relates to the war on milks. Trust me, like I see it from a, when, when my kids come home for the weekend, I have to make sure I have almond milk. I have oat milk because they like oat milk in their coffee, but almond milk in their cereal. And, and I'm this, like, I'm old school. You can't replace the, the nectar from the teat of a cow in a morning coffee. That's what they should call it now. <laughs> Is that what this episode's going to be called? The teat of a cow. Anyways, um, back on track. It's pretty cool. I thought what you'd really like is it's an article in the drum. Um, the article, it, it was published yesterday and the article is titled why hater debunking fuckoatly.com is more than a PR play. I'm going to have to double mark this episode explicit. Uh, quoting someone from Oatly. <laughs> <laughs> the site is part of Oatly's consistently inconsistent strategy which attempts to break the traditional rules of marketing that just sounds like being willy-nilly and being allowed to get away with it yeah but they're saying it after they they have created a website that's called fuckoatly.com i mean i know i need to i'm gonna spend the rest of the morning looking at this i can't believe i've not heard of this exactly now i'm embarrassed and the way you're hearing about it is because it's news. It's not a campaign. Huh. Interesting. Thank you. That is happening. There you go. Apple and Oatly shaking things up. Do you think they came up with this idea in a brainstorm by chance? Absolutely. Everything, every good idea comes from a brainstorm, Lindsay. You know how I feel about that. I know. I don't feel that way. Lindsay, <laughs> let me just <laughs> let me just I put it this way, folks. Lindsay and I have shortened our episodes, but we still record the same amount of time. Last week, we talked about falling out of love with our brilliant ideas. Um, at the end, I was just curious because I was really sort of like, I do believe a key feeder to that bad habit of just loving an idea and not giving it up is brainstorms. And I just thought, okay, we have extra time, Lindsay. What's your take on brainstorms? It's now an episode because she went on for seven minutes and it was brilliant. But your it's first... funny, when you hear the clip of it, I'm like, oh, <laughs> we got to go there. I'm going there. Okay, so here's what I think about brainstorms. They're great if you, and then she listed uh, as long as it's moderated, planned, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah. exactly. That's not how people see brainstorms. Right. My personal experience with brainstorms as someone who had to be in all of them, um, I quickly noticed that I would disengage because mm -hmm. I'd be like, ooh, that's a bad idea. Ooh. So <laughs> I guess as a creative director, I'm allowed to say that, don't you think? Like, no, I, I wouldn't say it out loud because there's no black you hats You just in did this room. on video. Okay, help me here. Anyways, <clears throat> it becomes a social, an interesting social experiment that I believe is often a feeder of 
bad ideas that people fall in love with? Yeah. So I've now since reflected a lot <laughs> on the concept of brainstorming and what we talked about last time and my little seven minute riff on it. So for people who don't know, so Sean and I come from agency environments. So for, for anyone who just may be listening to this for the first time, um, spent a lot of time working in like ad marketing agencies and brainstorming is like a huge part of the creative process that people go through within agency walls. So you get a brief around a client challenge. And the first thing people typically want to do is hop into a brainstorm. Like we're going to host a brainstorm. Fill a room. Fill a room with all of the coolest and most creative people we can find and just shoot a bunch of ideas around and see like what the cool things are that we could do against this problem our client is having. And so as the years evolve <laughs> and when you move into strategy roles, you start to still, you know, you still participate in brainstorms, but then you start to question some of the validity of that experience because what comes out of a brainstorm may not necessarily be the most helpful in creating the best ideas to deliver against business objectives, which is what a strategist job is to do. The strategist job is to align what the client is looking for, what's going on in culture with the people and with the competition, and then align that to the creative ideas and help put all of those puzzle pieces together. It's also a party fed by assumptions. <laughs> a brainstorm? Yeah. You pull a lot of people in to bring their own perspective and pretend or think like they're thinking like a consumer. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. Brain. Yeah. What typically happens is there's lost snacks. Sometimes there's drinks. <laughs> um, so you fill a room with all of these different types of people who Sean said are, you know, trying to kind of throw their best and coolest idea at a problem. And it is an interesting social experiment in that a lot of curious psychological and social behaviors begin to kind of surface. So whether it's like one person kind of standing out and throwing out ideas and everyone kind of latching on to that person as like the alpha and their herd mentality and just like running with their ideas or whether it is kind of like that pat on the back as a social, your social status within, within an agency environment that you're not only being invited, but like bringing the latest thing that you saw on TikTok that morning. All to say that my experience has been that unless it's guided properly, it may not be the best way to get to the most strategic ideas, but a lot of ideas that are just very fun things to do that we now need to like pressure test. I equate it to that analogy of a million monkeys typing a million words on a million typewriters, someone's going to come out with war and peace. So there's that. Um, the math never worked for me. I'm your client and I'm paying your agency, arguably, to have eight people who each cost $100 an hour, if you're lucky, mm. um, $800 an hour for everybody to just blurt it out where perhaps the role is someone better suited to spend eight hours putting thought into mm -hmm. it and doing the research or two people spending four hours. Right. The math never worked for me because of, like Lindsay mentioned, there were multiple dynamics happening and I was mm -hmm. noticing pack dynamics. Uh, what was the thing you mentioned about the bias? 
Uh, like our own cognitive like bias. So the things that we think, and when you're an alpha and you share things like that in a room, we and people are like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's a great idea. And this and this and this. And it ends up kind of reaffirming our own bias versus helping us to kind of push the envelope and look for different types of ideas. Okay. Cognitive bias. The way we share our own thoughts already has a bias to it. And when you're a strong speaker in a room or the cool kid or whatever, people latch onto that person and they tend to reaffirm what they think versus kind of challenging. That's it. I mean, I think I've been very lucky to have encountered a couple very strategic, creative people in leadership roles throughout my career that had the same experience that you've had where you're in a creative position in a room with people who are kind of sharing a lot of ideas and you can't help but continually ask yourself why that's a good idea to be answering the problem that we're specifically talking about. So I've even had, you know, heads of, of creative departments and agencies kind of pull me aside after brainstorms and being like, I understand, you know, all of these different great ideas, but you need to be the one who's like telling us why and what we need to do based on what we're trying to achieve. And so I think, that's where people feel some of the wasted space or frustration around brainstorms in that you come out of them with all of these different ideas, but there may not necessarily be that strategic layer in place to be guiding which ideas are going to help you win in the challenge you're facing. I love that. I love how you, this, the, the scenario you just gave is about making particular people accountable for particular pieces. And I think, that's it. So let's go back. The question that started this whole thing last week is I asked Lindsay, what's your take on brainstorms? And typical, gotta love her, Lindsay, very together, very, how do I put this in a way that doesn't offend anyone? She goes, brainstorms are great. As long as there, and there was a list and it just flew out of her. If I asked her to even bring out one of them right now, she'd probably forget. <laughs> but it was almost like a a disclaimer at the end of a commercial, right? Mm. Buy brainstorms now, as long as you have a blah, 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 blah. So things like they're facilitated, they're planned, they're carefully populated, they have an agenda that, you know, it's, it's all those things. And what was so funny was, you know, I'm looking on LinkedIn and I see this article or this post that's about, you know, brainstorms are great. And it's from someone very senior at a big global agency. Here's the, I'm like, oh crap. You know, now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of questioning my position. Swimming upstream again. And the post was this. It said, brainstorms are great. In fact, we love them so much, we've created a playbook. And his post was 17 pages. I mean, they were just PowerPoint screens or pretty screens, but these are the 17 yeah. things you have to do in order for your brainstorm to be great. And that's... That's my point. <laughs> That's mm -hmm, my point mm -hmm. because I have, I will even host a brainstorm if that's what they want to call it. But to me, I call them working sessions. And because they're working sessions, I look at how do you prep for it? How do you inform people for it? How do you have it? And how do you analyze what was discussed over that time? And I'm actually currently doing it with yeah. a client. And it requires a presence that you can't have if you're coming up with ideas. 
So when I lead a brainstorm, my job is not to think about what's a good idea. My job is merely to listen and bring them maybe, maybe direct yeah. them and say, do you think this idea kind of touches on this? Da, da, da. It's a very excellent exercise, but I don't even want to call it a brainstorm. I want to call it a working session. Yeah. I mean, I think the cool thing about brainstorms in the way that you described guiding the process is that it actually is a pretty critical tool to be able to collaborate with other people around idea generation as a strategist, because it can, if you do it properly, it can help you break your own bias. So you may, you're probably, you only think one way, like no matter how much we're looking around, you think in certain ways with certain, with the information that you have and the way that you think and how you've been brought up and like all of these things have you thinking down a certain path. Yeah, because of your personal experience. Exactly. I think that's why equality and diversity and all of these different things are so critical within our industry because we need more than ever different voices to help us crack our own bias and think differently. And you can't do that by yourself. Like you can't sit in a room alone and magically think differently. Like you need to be able to, to... design that collaboration in a way that's going to serve you against thinking down a certain path in a certain way. You know what I mean? So it's an important part, but it's the misnomer is that a brainstorm always associates with the best ideas are generated. Yeah. Typically the most flashy ideas, like not even that's how they're defined as best. The, the term brainstorm, like, oh, where did it originate? It originated in the 19th century. And it was this moment, it was identified by a doctor where it's this actually moment of a horrible moment of like confusion in your brain. Like it's when <laughs> all these conflicts are happening. Accurate. <laughs> it is important to bring people together. It's also important that among that, let people go away and think. And listen to that thinking and bring it back. And I think my summary of brainstorm sets up a no time to think. There's no time to think. There's no time to ponder. There's no time to kind of process. And that's what I love about Lindsay. So many times I'll be like, oh my God, I've solved the problem. She's like, okay. And I'll be like, boom, boom, boom. And she'll be like, okay, I need to marinate on that. So, and I I just know it's like, I respect it. It used to be like, can you just give me a break here? And she's like, no. Not you part of a answer, process. I will not. You have to earn her love of yeah. a brilliant idea. And that's what I a mean, I think that should a, be. It's a great tie back to our last episode. If we got into why we're talking about brainstorms in the first place, it's like, while you're trying to figure out which of your brilliant ideas to fall out of love with, I think the more critical step is how those ideas are generated in the first place, which what's is where brainstorming comes from, right? Yeah. So what's the best way to generate ideas yes, so that you have out. better ideas and can perhaps fall out of love with less of them, but have more of them that are strategically aligned to what you're trying to do? I mean, we kind of had a brainstorm a little bit this morning, but it's one thing to have a brainstorm after we'd all put our sort of thinking, after we'd shared our understanding based on experts in our particular fields, after we've understood the client and where they're coming at, it was someone that knew us already and found the perfect opportunity that's not a brainstorm. That's just smart people, smart informed people talking about values they share. Love it. Thank you, Sean. What a great recording. Loved it. (laughs) 
It's been great, Lindsay. Thank you for your honest insight. Hope you have a great day. Brainstorm on, folks, but do it right. Bye, Marketeers. Bye, Marketeers. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to the Two Marketeers podcast. New episodes launch every two weeks. Find the Two Marketeers podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you like to listen. And be sure to rate and subscribe. Listen on our website, thetwomarketeers.ca, or you can ask Alexa to play the Two Marketeers podcast. Want to keep in touch? Follow the Two Marketeers on LinkedIn or at Two Marketeers on TikTok. We've always got something to share. This podcast is over.